This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Hey mamas, happy episode 20. I can't believe I'm already at episode 20, it's kind of crazy. It went by so quickly, but also every single step, every single episode has been so fulfilling, and I can't wait to see what more of the year brings as we go into 2020. So, to celebrate episode 20, I decided to do something a little bit different because I'm not going to be interviewing a mama. I'm going to be interviewing myself. (laughs) This is a conversation with Jess and I'm coming to you live from the floor of my bedroom. I put on a little candle, I got all cozy on top of one of my pillows and yeah, it's not fancy but it's fun. I just thought it would be a good opportunity to share my story with you. And even though I'm not a mom and I haven't yet experienced a journey into motherhood, I am preparing for one. And there's a lot of steps leading up to that that I just thought might be interesting to share. Plus, I did a poll on Instagram and a lot of y'all thought that you'd be interested in hearing it. So here you go. (laughs) So who am I? Well, I was born and raised in Massachusetts, and I was an only child. I grew up in a musical family, both of my parents, and a lot of my family actually, were musical. And I found a love for theater and singing and performing at a very, very, very young age. That then led me to high school and then on to college, where I decided to study musical theater. And so I ended up going to Shenandoah Conservatory, which is in Winchester, Virginia, and met an amazing group of friends that are now family there and had a really, really wonderful experience. My health growing up was honestly pretty good. I never really had any big struggles health-wise. My skin was always really clear, even as a teenager, and life was pretty groovy. I mean, growing up, I played piano, I was a dancer, I played soccer, I was involved in every sort of club and activity that you could possibly think of. I just did it all, and I had a great time, and I made some really wonderful friends. I was an only child, but all of my friends became my siblings, and it's kind of become that way throughout my adulthood as well. After I graduated from school, I decided to move right to New York City. So I don't know whether this was a good idea or not, but my parents actually offered me a trip to Europe. And I said, no, I want to move to New York City instead. (laughs) Honestly, thinking back, I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) But for anybody who knows, those of us who are actors... Once you know it's something that you want to do, nothing is going to hold you back. And I just wanted to jump right off the college bandwagon and go right into the Big Apple and experience what that life was going to be like. So that's what I did. I packed my bags. I moved to the city without really knowing anybody. I maybe had a handful of people that I knew, but nobody that I was even very close with. 
I couch hopped for a while, as we do as actors, and uh, lived in a bunch of different places in the city. I got a job in a restaurant right away, and I started auditioning. And very quickly within that time, I actually found my husband. We worked at the same restaurant together. And to be completely honest, I was never really looking for somebody at that exact moment. And I I think I've said this to him before, but I never really noticed him. And that was more so because I wasn't looking, because he's a pretty handsome guy. So it wasn't until one of our mutual best friends, who we're still very, very close with, said to both of us, Hey Jess, what about Kevin? And then, Hey Kevin, what about Jess? That we really had our eyes opened to each other. So it all came down to this one conversation about salsa dancing. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Somehow the conversation came up in a group that we were all chatting together. And I said, oh my gosh, I love to salsa dance. And I said, I haven't gone in so long. I used to do it a lot when I was in high school. And I just would love to do it again. And now he turned to me. And for those of you who don't know him, he is a handsome Puerto Rican man. And salsa is in his blood. He was born and raised in Puerto Rico. And so he turned to me, this white chick from Massachusetts, <laughs> and was like, you salsa dance? And I said, yeah, I love to salsa dance. And so we picked a date, except we set it up with another girl who was also working. And so she definitely became the third wheel very quickly. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's making me laugh just thinking about it. To be honest, when we went on that date, I don't even remember where she disappeared to, but it just ended up being us by the end of the night. And needless to say, I definitely put him through the ringer. I made him go through leaps and bounds and wait months before we actually were a couple. But that was back October 2008. And so now we've been together for 11 years so it's just crazy. I can't even picture my life, especially in New York City, but life in general without him. He's a pretty wonderful person and I'm so, so lucky. So in and around that time, I worked regionally in a lot of different theaters around the country. And then I got an opportunity to travel the country and Canada with the National Tour of Beauty and the Beast. And this is kind of when my health journey begins. So I've always been very healthy, I've always been very fit, never really had any problems as far as the health route goes. But in and around the time that I was auditioning for this tour, I had a lot of stress going on. I had been auditioning for a while and hadn't gotten anything. And I started to develop some spots on my skin. And to be honest, at first I thought it was bed bugs because I live in New York City and what else are you supposed to think? But my best friend was visiting me for two weeks at that time, and we were sleeping in the bed together, and nothing had gotten on her. So we thought that was a little bit odd. Well, flash forward, come to find out, I developed psoriasis. And it was just a couple little spots at the time. And then I got the tour, and I was on tour. And I would say about six months into the tour... I was completely covered head to toe. 
and I have to put a shout out there to all of my dear friends who were on the tour with me because they were just my rock and they would put lotion on my skin and would support me in so, so, so many ways. It was really amazing, but um, I mean, I don't know how to explain it other than to say I felt like a monster, literally. I was completely covered, minus my face, my scalp, my arms, my chest, my legs, my skin. I was totally covered, and I was in unbelievable pain. And I did everything from going on this weird, like, green apple diet where I only ate green apples for three days. <laughs> I was I was truly desperate, if you couldn't tell. And I tried everything, all these homeopathic remedies, and nothing was working. So I had also learned that going gluten-free could help, so I decided to go gluten-free. I had all of my amazing castmates like bringing me gluten-free treats and gluten-free things. <laughs> it was so sweet. But then it was a year to the day that my skin was so bad, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I decided to go on a medication. And the medication you've probably heard of, you've probably heard commercials for it, it's called Humira. It's a biological medication that you inject. So I decided to go on Humira, which was an adventure because now I'm traveling the country with these injections that I have to keep refrigerated every time that we travel and then I have to inject myself and it was a process, but I got used to it. My skin started to get better and I felt pretty good to be honest, um, but my skin did start to get better. It started to lighten up. It was still there. You could still see it, but it lightened up. But it was hard. I mean, I always had people asking me, like, oh, what did you get attacked by mosquitoes? And I remember this one day specifically, we were in Washington, D.C., and I was wearing shorts because it was July or June, I think June, and I had been wearing pants all the way up till the whole time because my legs were just covered and I was embarrassed. And I finally had decided to wear shorts and I was so proud and I was so excited to show off what my skin was looking like. And I remember I was walking out of the theater and there was a local person, not someone who was on tour with us, who was walking behind me. And they just said, oh my gosh, what happened to you? And it was just heartbreaking. I just remember not even turning around and looking at them and walking away and just crying because <laughs> it was just hard. And it's one thing when the inside of your body is sick, you know, and you don't feel good on the inside. But when you externally are sick and people can see it, you know, people just want to help and they just want to support, but they don't always know how to show it. So that was really hard. But a year after being on Humera, I was in Los Angeles and my now husband, Kevin, was with me at the time visiting. And I started to get this pain in my feet. And I thought it was from a brand new pair of sandals that I had just bought because that coincidentally was around the same time. And the pain was just stabbing and shooting and the heels that I wore in the show, I just couldn't wear them. It was so painful. And I think I made it through one show. And then the next show I had to call out. I just call out meaning it, I couldn't perform in the show because it just hurt so bad. And I'll never forget 
Kevin was staying with me and the pain was so bad this one night that I literally couldn't make it to the bathroom to brush my teeth. I, I could not stand and walk to brush my teeth. And so he picked me up and carried me to the bathroom. But even standing there and brushing my teeth with the toothbrush was just excruciating. It hurt so bad. And basically, after that, the pain persisted on a weekly basis, pretty much every Saturday or Sunday. It was the oddest thing. So my body was, my skin was still sort of healing, but I was getting this reaction internally. And it was mainly around my ankles and my feet. Came up into my knees a little bit, but it was mainly centered around my ankles and my feet. After going to a couple doctors and them having truly no idea what was going on, I got a bunch of different tests. I ended up getting diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. So basically the psoriasis was causing the arthritis. However, for the record, and I don't know if a doctor's going to listen to this, but I don't really care because in my opinion, the arthritis was definitely caused by the Humera. And you know, they put all those safety precautions in those commercials. Oh, you can get this, you can get this, you can get this, you can die, you, you know. And it was a year to the day, basically. I mean, within a week that I started that Humera. And so it's just way too much of a coincidence that I developed the arthritis. And I definitely would say it's from the Humera. But who knows? So that was my next battle to navigate in the process as well, I developed something called vasculitis, which is the swelling of my blood vessels. And so I had these awful blister-looking things around my ankles and feet that were excruciatingly painful. Um, even the air, just brushing up against them, just felt so painful. My feet were swelling up really big and huge, and it was just awful. And once again, the doctors say, it's not connected. There's no connection. So I don't know about that. So I ended up finding a rheumatologist who immediately took me off of the Humera and put me on two other medications, one for my skin and the vasculitis, which was called Dapsone, and another medication that's called methotrexate. And the more and more I talk about my experience, the more and more I find that people know exactly what methotrexate is. But basically, for anybody who doesn't, um, it's an extremely strong drug that's used for many different things, one being for certain cancer patients. And when you're on methotrexate, you have to limit your drinking because it can cause kidney and liver failure and trouble. As a result, you have to take iron as well, and I've become um, slightly anemic. I bruise, like, super easily now because of it. And in addition, um, you can't get pregnant. And basically, if I were to get pregnant while I'm on the medication, they, I would have to have an abortion. It wouldn't be um, even a question. So now, that was 2013, that I went on methotrexate and for the past six years now, wow, time goes by so fast, 
I've been on the medication and my skin has been very clear and I've had no pain. And everything's been wonderful. I've been feeling really great. Um, I go to the gym very regularly. I lift weights um, and I feel like I'm fairly healthy and I have no pain. My skin um, is very clear. I maybe have a couple spots here and there, but um, not nowhere even closely imaginable to what it used to be like. So then comes my love for kids. And I don't really even know where this ever came, but I just love kids more than anything in the entire world. My husband actually, he often makes fun of me because we'll be walking down the sidewalk and I'll see a mom with a little carriage and I just can't stop but look. Or, you know, we'll be at a restaurant and I'll say, oh my God, how cute. And he'll say, what are you talking about? And I'll say, that baby over there. He's like, oh, I didn't even see him. (laughs) But I just, oh, I just love kids. I love their curiosity. I love seeing the stages that they learn. I just love everything about them. And I've been babysitting for years, so I've experienced a lot of different kids and a lot of different moms and a lot of different homes and experiences, and it's been such a learning experience for me. So if any of you have any um, questions about babysitting or what life is like as a babysitter, I'd love to chat with you about it (laughs) because I have many different opinions. So as far as kids go, they've always been in my plan, and I basically will be a mom come hell or high water, no matter what happens in my story, it will happen. I just knew as an actor, first of all, I wanted to focus on my career for a little bit longer. And then, of course, I had to navigate this whole health situation. And so this has taken a little bit of time. So I started this podcast and, of course, it's inspired me, it's encouraged me, It's motivated me, it's opened my eyes, it's done more than I can even explain, and all of you mamas are just so inspiring, and your stories are so beautiful, and you're so open. I had a friend recently say to me, do you think having the podcast is making you feel more of your yearning to have kids, or is it just two separate things? And you know, it's hard to tell. I think it does naturally cause a little bit more of a yearning for that stage of my life, but I think it also coincides with just the fact that I'm getting older and I just want that sometime soon. But unfortunately, it's not going to be as easy for us as just deciding to try. So that leads me into the process that I'm in now that I wanted to share with you. And if you're still listening here 20 minutes in or whatever. (laughs) Um, Thanks for your support. But basically, this is where I'm at now. So on October 1st, I decided to start a new diet regimen. I found a book called The Myers Way. It's written by Amy Myers, and it's an autoimmune diet and anti-inflammatory diet. And basically what I'm trying to do is make my body as strong and as stable as I possibly can so that when I do go off of this medication, I don't have any kind of a flare-up. Because basically my doctor told me that as I go off of the methotrexate, if I have any sort of inflammation or response, that they're going to have to put me on another biologic. And they wouldn't put me on Humira again, but in my opinion, let's be real. All those biologics are the same. 
and they're just shooting your body with things that they've only tested for a couple years at this point, five years, three years, whatever, even 10 years, which is not very long to test a medication in my opinion. And while they say it's safe to have a baby on these medications and these biologics, I, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I would so much rather not be on a medication if it was at all possible. So my thought process is I get my body as strong and as clean and as healthy as it can possibly be. And then I start to go off the medication. And in a perfect world, I completely get off the medication and I have no reaction and no physical response. And I'm able to just be off of the medication and then we can start to have kids. I'm praying that that's the case, but we'll see what happens. But the process is going to be long because the way that it works is I'm on five pills of the methotrexate and I need to go down one a month. And so I drop down one pill, see if I have any reaction. If I don't, I drop down another and so on and so forth. So if all goes smoothly, that would be about five months. But now, if I have a reaction, that'll end up taking longer. And then once I'm off of the medication for five months, I have to then wait about another six months before we could even start trying. So I have no idea what's about to come up for me um, and what the future holds, but that's what I'm looking toward. And so this diet, (laughs) oof, it's been an adventure. Basically, it's a whole lot of meal planning, but I can eat um, vegetables, fruit, and meat. Preferably, the meat is organic and grass-fed. And um, basically, other than that, I can't have gluten or dairy, processed foods or sugar, and for the first 30 days, and even now, because I'm starting this introduction, reintroduction phase, so I'm also not able to have legumes or nightshades, meaning like eggplants and tomatoes, no grains of any sort, so no rice, no quinoa, no caffeine, um, basically no fun. (laughs) No, it's been okay. I've been trying to find my way and have a few treats of healthy foods. I've been loving uh, dried mango and figs. (laughs) So those are my treats. But yeah, it's been, um, it's been quite the journey and it's been a struggle. But what I keep trying to remind myself every time I'm tempted to grab a treat or a sweet or something I shouldn't, um, I just keep picturing myself pregnant, honestly. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm getting emotional thinking about it, but my husband tells me not to uh, stress about it, and I'm, I'm not. I just really want this, you know? So what I think about is a name that I've picked out for a future child, and I try to keep saying that name over and over again every time I want that piece of candy. <laughs> and that sounds so stupid, it sounds so silly, but I don't know, that's what's been working for me. And 
I've only in the past two and a half months, I guess, had um, like one and a half trip ups. <laughs> but other than that, I've been pretty stable. In addition to the health stuff, I um, and I'm still trying to work out um, almost every day if I can. If I can't do every day, then just as much as I possibly can. I'm also seeing a chiropractor on the regular, trying to make sure that my spine is all working properly. And I'm also getting colonics, so that might be TMI for some people, (laughs) but if you're ever curious about what a colonic is like, I would love to talk to you about them because I think they're amazing. Uh, they're really the most amazing thing I've ever experienced health-wise and they make you feel so great and it's just so natural. So those are kind of the things that I'm doing to help heal my body and I'm really in the midst of it right now and I'm talking to all of you unbelievable moms about your journeys and I'm kind of just starting mine and I thought that this would be an opportunity to have the podcast so that not only can I kind of support myself in hearing your stories and thinking that I'm going to have my own story someday, and it encourages me through this diet and through the struggles that I'm about to combat, and it also encourages me to know that every mom, every woman, every person has their own challenge and their own struggle, and we all just go through it in our own different ways. And so I'm really excited to see what my mama journey is for the future. I know that I'm going to have one in some capacity or another. And I'm just so grateful that you all are willing to share your stories with me. And so I just wanted to take a moment to open my heart up to you, to say thank you, to explain to you where I'm at, and say thank you. I mean, I'm learning so much about what it is to be a mom before I'm even there. It's like I'm taking a master class. It's like I'm getting my master's degree in how to be a mama. (laughs) It's the coolest thing. And the other part is now I feel like I can hang with the moms because as you get to that age where all of your friends are starting to have kids and you don't yet, sometimes you feel like you can't, you know, you don't know the lingo, you can't hang with all the moms, but now I feel like I can. Because I get to refer to all of you and say, oh, well, my one guest talked about this and I learned from my other guest this and it's super helpful. So I just wanted to open my heart. I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to thank you for all of your vulnerability. If you haven't been on the podcast, I want to thank you for listening, for supporting, for sharing the podcast with a friend or a mom. And I hope that you continue to do so. And if there's any sort of subject that you're interested in learning about as far as being a mom goes, or if you're curious to reach out and talk to me, please let me know. Send me an email at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to seek out that subject for you or answer your questions or blabber more about whatever I'm going through. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time and... If you get an opportunity to leave a review on either Facebook or iTunes, that would be so fabulous. Mamas, this has just been a heck of a ride for the past few months, and I can't wait to see what 2020 brings. 
and all the rest of this 2019. And I hope you mamas have a beautiful, beautiful day. This is Jess signing off from the floor of her cozy little bedroom. Have a good night. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.